Hello, my name is Taylor, a.k.a. Goose, and I am a PCT through hiker. <laughs> that was beautiful. Okay. Whoa. I love saying that. I fucking worked my ass off last year. <laughs> you'll hear this story and you'll also be gaining knowledge when you listen to it on how to do these things. I realized that like my concern was really just what people were going to think of my decision. And oh my God, she's crazy. What is she doing? She's not, you know, she's supposed to be pursuing a career. This is when she's supposed to be finding a job. And I, that doesn't appeal to me. That yeah. never appealed to me play a major role in spreading the love and the joy and uh, reducing our imprint, you know, for, for future generations and for all that we share this planet with. I was just embarrassed. I felt like I couldn't do it, like I'd already failed. I had no idea what I was doing. What did I get myself into? What was I thinking? Our history of humanity really revolves around great people. And that's, that's all we know about. And why is that? It's because the insignificant people weren't important enough that somebody would take the time to document their life. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> so welcome back to the podcast. I'm not going to say the name of it because I might be in transition um, changing it, but... I am excited to have you back, and I was going to act like, hey, how are you? Nice to talk to you, but we've already been talking for an hour, and right. you said you would definitely call me out. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually kidding, but I'm glad you took me seriously. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to pretend like we just started talking and be like, how are you? Because I know how you are. Um, but could you just introduce yourself so everyone knows who we're talking to? Yeah, so my name is Taylor Lancaster, a.k.a. Goose, um, and a bunch of other nicknames. And I uh, have been traveling for the better part of five years and primarily uh, living without paying rent. Woo. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, professional professional bum perfect yeah perfect i'm really excited to um highlight people who are living in ways that aren't the most normal that are outside of the system where they're not super dependent on you know things that a lot of people are like being able to pay rent having a nine to five all this stuff doing things creative outside the box, and that's totally you. So I'm really excited to pick your brain about how you do that and why you do that and what you have been up to. Um, so for people who are listening to this and haven't listened to the other episodes, we did an interview, was that two years ago? I think it was three, almost three years ago. Three years ago. So we, yeah, we didn't, oh, that's a long time. We did an interview right. <laughs> a long time ago, and that was about how you walked across the country. Right. And that episode is super awesome. So that's a good um, little background story on you if people want to listen to that before they listen to this. 
But I also like to talk about how we met, and we just met online, right? I think. Yeah, I think I think our mutual friend Tyler introduced us online, maybe through Facebook. Yeah. Probably. And I've also never met Tyler in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have met you in person once, which is fun. Um, and might be seeing yeah. you again this year. So that I feel like sometimes that makes podcasts super fun because you know that person and then you're like, ha, 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 remember when we did that? Um, but before we start today... <laughs> Before we start today, I have a question for you. And when I gave you the questions, I didn't fill it in. And just to like get to know you. So my question for you, which now that I'm thinking about why did I choose this question for you? Because it probably happens all the time. When was the last time you laughed so hard that your face, you know how you laugh so hard? Sometimes your face kind of hurts and you feel like your cheeks are stuck, like that yeah yeah. when was the last Uh, time that happened to you and why wow um well i feel like the last year i was hike i i hiked the pacific crest trail um and i feel like i laugh a lot in general but that type of laughter comes around every every once in a while where my face felt stuck (laughs) <laughs> and um so my <laughs> my friends and I we were hiking through Washington um my friends uh Golden Sigh and Dink and I can't remember I wish I wish Dink were being recorded right now cuz he he remembers this story so clearly but I was I was farting a lot and he was also <laughs> farting a lot so like we were like farting one after the other yeah and then I stopped and I just like dropped down laughing and Dink fell down and started laughing and uh I I farted again and I looked at him and I was like oh my god I really have to poop and he goes well you should probably do that (laughs) and uh I ran uh off trail And I found this area that looked like soft soil. So I started digging and the ground just fell out from (gasps) under me. But I didn't fall in the hole, but it just like was this giant like chasm. Yeah. And I was like, I can't hold it back anymore. So I just pooped in that hole. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was like an animal's den that I destroyed. So I was like, I was like. But then when I told Dink about it, he started laughing. And so I started laughing again. (laughs) And for the rest of the day, like, I could not stop smiling. Like, I I literally felt like, yeah, it felt like my face was stuck that way. Were you laughing because you pooped in an animal's home? Or just the whole situation was was, so comical? It was the the whole situation. Yeah. 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 That... That sounds pretty wonderful, and I feel like that's a good taste of um, what you might be talking about throughout this podcast episode, because we are Mm. talking about the PCT and what that life is like, and I also love that we started this first episode in like my transitional blog podcast change, just started off talking about poop, because that's good, (laughs) just break the ice. Yeah, for sure. It's a good way to get into it. 
Yeah, I feel like I feel like the one of the beautiful things about hiking the Pacific Crest Trail is the relationship that you have with other hikers. And usually the conversation comes around to how was your poop this morning or how are you feeling? Yeah. And usually always has to do with poop because we're eating tons of food, tons of calorie dense food, and you, your body just can't hang on to it because you're moving, you're doing so many miles per day, so you're just burning calories. Yeah. So your body is just constantly trying to get, trying to move it along. Um, oh, that's, yeah. So, yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I just hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. Plus you're vegan. So you're probably already really regular. (laughs) Yeah. Really regular. Oh my God. Really regular. Yeah. When we get into it, I don't know if it's weird, but I kind of want to ask you how many times you would poop a day while hiking. Or if you want to answer that now or if you don't want to, but that just popped up in my head. Yeah, I mean I I think it depended I think it depended on the day, but usually usually like at least two or three. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's regular for me, not hiking. My biggest day ever was like six. Ooh, wow. But yeah. I learned not to eat prunes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like when when this podcast is done, like I'm gonna be like, hmm, I wonder who I should share this podcast with because my mom's gonna be like, I don't want to hear about poop for ten minutes. Uh, that's. I feel like some people are really gonna appreciate it. On the flip side of that, sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Um. So before we get into the PCT and all the questions I have for you and all of the adventures. <sighs> Can you just tell us where you are right now and what you're currently kind of doing? Yeah, so um, right now I'm um, staying staying at a friend's house um, while he's in um, Puerto Rico um, visiting family, and um, and I am just taking care of his plants. Um, like I said, I've been primarily houseless or, or I've been primarily home free, um, for the last five years. So I usually find ways of, um, being of service so that I can have a spot to to sleep for a few nights here or there or a week. Um, so yeah, Joel, uh, my buddy will come back on, on Monday and then I'll just see how the, how that that week unfold. I usually try to keep it pretty open. That way, I can be spontaneous, which is more my style. Yeah. Um, to like live in the serendipity, and yeah. Did I say I was in Portland, Oregon? I don't know, because my brain filled that in because I knew that already. So yeah, I'm not sure. So yeah, so I'm I'm in Portland, Oregon, and right now the weather is fantastic. It's like beautiful blue skies it's probably like 50 degrees out and the sun is shining bright (sighs) that sounds so nice for everyone listening i'm in near Asheville, north carolina and i woke up today and it had snowed last night and it's windy and it's so cold and yeah that sunshine sounds really amazing really amazing so how long ago did you get done hiking the pct 
I can't remember. So I'm pretty sure I finished on October 30th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I, I hiked from April 8th until October 30th with a bunch of like time off trail for different, for different reasons. Um, but yeah. So for the better, for the better part of seven months, I was, yeah. Okay. Most, uh, most people do it. Most people do it in five and a half to six months. But because I took so so much time off trail, I did it in seven. Uh, yeah, which is really cool because I the the common the common thread the common thought process on the trail is like the person who the 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 person who wins on the trail is the person who spends the most time on trail. So I'm mm. pretty stoked I got to spend seven months on trail. Yeah. Um, plus it's given me, it's given me like a really good perspective on doing trails in the future okay. and how much time I need to like dedicate on trail versus how much time I need to spend in town or off trail. Okay. Did you think that before you started, did you think you would be spending less time off trail, maybe a little bit more time, or were you just open to whatever happened? I, I was pretty open to whatever happened. Um, I did think that I was going to finish in like five months, five and a half months. Yeah. Um, but I'm such a people person that when I get to that, I'm just like, I just like people and I like talking to them. Yeah. And so I get, I get kind of swept up and I have kind of a, I have, I have a contagious personality. So people usually like keeping me around. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'll yeah. vouch for that. You do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you, for people who just don't know what the PCT is, they're like, what are you saying? Can you explain what that is and where it kind of crosses? Yeah, so the the Pacific Crest Trail, which was formerly known as the Pacific Crest Trail System, um, is, a, uh, is a continuous trail from Campo, California, which is right at the Mexican border. Okay. Um, it goes all the way up through um, a bunch of different wildernesses, forests, and national parks, all the way up to the border of Washington and Canada. Okay. Um, so it spans 2,700 miles, give or take. Um, and I think you go through over 30 different national parks, forests, oh. And wildernesses combined, not to mention towns and cities. Okay. Um, and it fo- it follows the Pacific Crest as closely as is safely to do so. Even though, like, there are sections where it's just sketchy. Yeah. Dep- depending on depending on weather. Um, so you are typically above. 5,000 feet, I would say a good, a good chunk of time. I'm bad at math, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw out a a percentage. Um, yeah. Uh, most people will, what most people will do on the Pacific Crest Trail is they will hike, like do day hikes or overnight trips. And then from there it goes to, uh, horseback riding trips. 
And then from there it goes to section hikers who will do anywhere from, you know, a a hundred mile section or an 80 mile section to a 500 mile section. And then from there it goes to a through hike where you are hiking from point A to point B. So when people think of the Pacific Crest Trail these days, they think about a through hike of going like from Campo, California to the Canadian border in one go. And that constitutes a through hike or at least for most people, what constitutes a through hike. There are different opinions about it, of course. Okay. Um, But yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I can't even begin to imagine what that looks like or, hiking the whole entire thing so hopefully throughout our conversation we can paint a little bit of a picture for people and for myself I'm just interested because that is so outside of anything I've ever done or seen um yeah so I'm really excited to talk to you about that and I know that you're you keep things pretty loose so that you can have an open schedule and kind of do things when they come to you but how did you decide like, okay, I'm going to take this much time and this is what I want to do with it. I want to hike the trail. Mm. So the previous year, um, I gave up, I think, yeah, the last time we did a podcast, I was like living on my bicycle and now I'm living in a backpack. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. So I, I wanted to mark that, that change that changed by hiking the Arizona trail, which goes from Mexico to uh, Utah, um, all through Arizona, which is some of the most, is still my favorite trail and some of the most beautiful uh, uh, territory I've ever been in. Um, And I wasn't able to finish that. So I felt like, and then there were a bunch of things that happened that year where I wasn't able to complete different trails and I also started the California coast trail, which I wasn't able to complete. Mm -hmm. So I felt like at the end of that year, like I felt a little bit discouraged because I had done all these cool things where I had seen them to completion. Yeah. And so I felt like I needed to like commit to something and see it all the way through. So, and I had always, I've always wanted to hike the PCT. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to buckle down this winter and I'm going to save money, and I'm not going to go out to eat unless somebody else takes me out. Um, and I'm not going to. I, I'm going to continue to not pay rent, but I, but I will, you know, live at a friend's house and be of service around his place, which I did. Um, okay. And you know, having that, having that as as a as an intention before I started the PCT was really really great. Um, and then when I got on trail, it was interesting because trail is so spontaneous that I was able to mix the spontaneity of trail with, you know, needing to get to the next town and to the next water source, which yeah. are things you do need to plan for because you will run out of water and you will run out of food. Yeah. Especially once hiker hunger sets in, which we can talk about later. Okay. But once I, um, once I committed to doing those things, and then on top of that, once I got on trail, everything just like fit perfectly. Yeah. 
that's a really awesome feeling when that works out. So I'm sure that's yeah. really relieving when you're on something as big as the PCT. And yeah. yeah, you do have to figure things out ahead of time. So for people listening, um, I want to talk about how you felt on this and really interesting stories that you have, but I also want to lay it out if people are interested in doing it or they're just curious about some technical things. So mm. how much did you save up or how much do you think people generally save up before they hike the trail? So... I'm sorry, that's a hard question, and I'm sure it's different for everyone. Yeah, I um, I saved about two grand. Okay. Um, which I didn't even spend. Wow. Um, yeah, I probably spent fifteen hundred bucks. Okay. Um. Now, that being said, I do have a lifestyle where I only earn a certain amount of money, so I am on food stamps. Yeah. Um, so I was able to use food stamps to mitigate food along the way, and I also had friends and family that have consistently supported my walks, and they sent me boxes of food. Oh, awesome. Um, and then I met people on trail who were like, yeah, I'm only doing this small section, and I I can't believe you've been living this lifestyle for five or almost five years, so why don't I you know, I'd love to support your lifestyle. Can I send you a box of food? Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people, like I've talked to a lot of people and a lot of people will save like $10,000. <gasps> what? And be like, and have like maybe three grand left at the end of trail because they, because they want to, and there's, there's nothing wrong with this. Um, like their PCT experience is like, uh, very much a community, very much a community thing. And they mm. like to drink and they like to mm. do drugs and they like to go out to eat, eating fancy meals all the time. So like that can like, that can really add up. Yeah. But if you're like me, like, a, I'm vegan, B, I'm sober, and C, I know where to get free food. Like, you don't really have to spend that much. Okay. Um, plus, like, when you get to town, like, there are these things called hiker boxes that are full of food. So yeah. it would be really easy to do the PCT if I wasn't vegan without having any money. Yeah. Except for, like, you know, the occasional uh, gear repair. Or like the replacement of shoes. Okay. Which, yeah, shoes can be shoes can be a, a big factor. Um, so that's 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 when we do. It. Actually, my buddy John uh, just sent me a message saying like, I cannot live my lifestyle anymore. I'm just gonna like put everything in my bag and just take off. Like, I need your I need your support. How do I do this? And I'm like, yeah. dude, get on food stamps. Go to go 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 get free meals at churches you know find out about food not bombs which you know people can do their research about that yeah. um, find different ways of interacting with people that support you and support them like use your character as your currency um, yeah. which is something that I believe you know in my heart is like one of my deepest practices yeah um, so 
yeah, it can be very inex- it can be very expensive emotionally and physically, but it does not have to be expensive financially. Yeah, that's that's good to hear because I am not on the same level as you with that, but I think than the average person, you know, I don't make as much as other people and I'm trying to keep my expenses down so that I can have more experiences. And when you look at it from an outside perspective, you're like, how can I do this if I don't have all this money and all of these things? So that's really interesting to hear. Uh, You also mentioned about shoes. And another question I had is, did you have to buy a bunch of gear before you started? Because I know that you already just have your backpack on you. Like, what are things that people might have to buy before they start? And are there alternative ways to get it, like trading or getting it given to you by someone who doesn't need it anymore? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a lot of the stuff already. Um So it was it was pretty easy for me to just take off. Yeah. Granted, I did I did replace some stuff, um, but uh, that was it was it was pretty inexpensive to do that. Actually, my mom was like, you know, what do you want for your PCT hike? I'll get you. I'll I'll get you anything you really need. And I'm like, mom, I'm good on like all the gear. And she was like, well, how about I get your shoes for the whole trail? And I was like, whoa, that's so sweet. Um, That's awesome. Because I did go, I did go through four pairs of shoes. Whoa. The whole trail. Yeah. Like they were done completely like shredded. Um, So that was super helpful. Okay. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to look at gear and there's a whole like zeitgeist around like gear on a through hike, which is different than, you know, how most people would do like a backpacking trip. Yeah. But generally if you're, if your prime, if your primary goal every day is to walk anywhere from 20 to 30 miles every day, you want your gear to be as light as possible because you're not going to be spending that much time lounging or at camp. So that being said, my gear is set up so that I can still be really, really comfortable. Even if I do decide to take what's known as a trail zero, where you take a day off from hiking, but you just hang out on trail. Yeah. Um, and that can be really, really nice. Um, but yeah, there you know, I was, I was one of my favorite people from trail last year was a guy named Ty Bai. And, um, we were, uh, we were checking out of this cabin that we had all rented. Um, and he was like looking through a hiker box and he was like, Oh my God, you could do this whole trail for free. Look at all this stuff. Like, like there were a pair of brand new shoes in there that somebody didn't like because they weren't fitting their feet. And they were just in a hiker box. Whoa. So, yeah, it's like there's so there are so many free resources. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to go out and buy new stuff and have this huge list of things you need to get and no. be over-prepared for the whole trail with a whole bunch of items on your back. Right. Basically. Especially if it's, especially if it's your first long-distance walk or hike. Yeah. Um, you're, you're going to learn a lot about 
gear. Like my walk across the my walk across the U.S., I had an eighty pound jogging stroller with like a full size tent, full size sleeping pad, uh, big big fluffy you know uh, sleeping bag, all, had tons of like art supplies and food and blah 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 blah. Yeah, and 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 it weighed like almost. Like with a ton of water, it probably weighed in the seventy pound range. Yeah. And now my now my base weight without food and water is like nine pounds. So it's like wow. the change in that perspective is like is massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. The phrase that a lot of people will use on trail is do do more by taking less. Do more by taking less. So or do more take less. So you're if you're carrying less stuff, you're going to be able to focus your attention into like having more fun on trail. Or you know, I was just having a conversation with my buddy Cruz yesterday. He was like, "Yeah, you know, you could get rid of your playing cards because I carry these like really tiny miniature playing cards." Yeah. Um, and then just like pick up a deck of cards when you're in town and just play with them while you're in town, or carry them through a section and then get rid of them. Yeah. Because um, playing cards are always in a hiker box, like. It doesn't matter where I am in a hiker box. There will always be a deck of cards. It's <laughs> so funny. So you really don't need your own. Deck, but it's like, who cares? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good to know that you'll find even things like that on the way. Because I know when yeah. I'm planning for things, I'm like, oh, I really want this journal. I really want this thing for entertainment. Right. And yeah, you don't always think that, oh, that might just be there when I get there. Right. 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 Oh, that's awesome. These hiker box sound just like a box of magical items inside. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yes. So you are already used to hiking and you're already used to this lifestyle. Did yeah. you meet people who it was their first time really hiking and they were just setting off on the, like hoping to do the whole PCT? Yeah, so my friend Raspberry, um, she was born and raised in Paris. Okay. And was living a very conventional lifestyle as a book editor. And she literally just jumped on a plane, came to the States, had never even set up a tent. Wow. Like three nights before she got on the PCT. Yes. And she finished the whole trail. And then afterwards, she went down to uh, South South and Central America and was, like, climbing these, like, you know, uh, 18,000-foot volcanoes. Wow. And now she's, now she's hiking in New Zealand on the, on the, the Te Araroa Trail, which is a, the long-distance trail through New Zealand. Wow. So there's a lot of people like that who have, like, just never backpacked before. And Never gone just, on a long distance hike. They're just jumping and they on. Just go, yeah. Wow, that's cool to hear. That I feel like, yeah, I don't like preparing that much. And if I ever did it, that's kind of how I would want to do it. But I feel like it's such a big thing that you would have a huge learning curve if you did it like yeah. that. Yeah, she definitely did. But now she's like she's. Like, she's already thinking about going more ultralight because her stuff is super heavy. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, like, and that's just after a year of hiking. So the PCT is a really good pressure cooker for starting 
a uh, starting an alternative lifestyle where you're like, yeah, you're really just like living outside twenty four seven. Right. So. Yeah, I can see how that would connect you to that style of living, especially after you've done it for so many months hiking the trail. Right. Um, right. So before we get into stories, those are my favorite parts. I like want to hear the stories and how you felt about things. I have just a couple more technical questions. Sure. Um, one, like you touched on it a little bit before, but I know you're vegan and you did the PCT as a vegan. And I'm just wondering if that affected your experience in big ways. You already talked about how, you know, if you weren't vegan, you would have more free food, um, mm-hmm. which I think is just true in general because then you have more options. But yeah, how did that affect you while you were doing this hike, for better or for worse? Yeah, I mean, there was. I mean, there were some days where it was like. <laughs> <laughs> this actually kind of goes into the kind of goes into the stories. Um, no, that's fine. You can take us wherever. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was there was one time I didn't I didn't have a box for myself when I got to this town in um, Oregon, which is actually just south of Crater Lake, called Mazama Village. Okay. Um, and uh, there they had a convenience store there. But there wasn't much else. There wasn't much in the convenience store by way of vegan snacks. Yeah. And so I literally bought like, I think it was like a 120 mile section. So I bought like, thankfully there was a hiker box, which had a bunch of vegan stuff in it. So I was stoked about that, but there were like no vegan snacks. So I went into the store, but I think I bought like 15 or 16 Pop-Tarts, because Pop-Tarts are vegan. <laughs> yeah. And so those were my snacks, and that section was really hard. Yeah. Because Pop-Tarts do not sustain energy at all. Ooh. Um, so, yeah. But then, like, lo and behold, like, toward the end of that section, I ran into a trail angel, and trail angels are people that want to help hikers out because either they hike the trail or they're just like really into hiking culture and they bring like tons of food and water and fruit and mm. bread and all, all different kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I ran into this trail angel and he gave me like 10 bars because I told him I was almost out of food. And then I was, and then because of that, I was actually able to do my first 46-mile day. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Uh, otherwise, like, you know, I think, you know, from from other hikers, like, it was a constant conversation of, like, I can't believe you're doing this vegan. Yeah. Um, but I think, the like, the people that I was hiking with, like they never put my diet into question because I would always be like crushing miles. Yeah. Um, so it was never like a big, it was never like a big deal to them, but it was like, Oh, like where do you get your protein from? But like, yeah, but I feel like hikers really don't get into questioning other people's diets because we're all performing so well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did they ever, was it ever while you were talking? Because I just know from short hikes, you get into really deep conversations with people fast. Was it ever, were you talking about the ethics behind it? Was it something that came up often because you're sharing food? Oh, yeah. Like, I think the, the person, yeah, because we would, we'd be sharing food and that we, I would talk about the ethics from that standpoint. Um, but also like when I would be in conversations with people where it was like, people were like, I can't believe there are all these cows here on this like natural land. This is supposed to be like a wild area. Yeah. And I would say like, you know why those cows are here? And they were like, why? And I was like, cause we keep eating them. Yeah. We keep supporting the industry that, that, that's a, that we keep supporting this industry and it would give that it from a, from a, from an experiential standpoint, they were able to see it like, wow, this is actually directly affecting my lifestyle. Right. Because these cows are encroaching on this beautiful natural setting. Right. Because of my choices. Yeah. And I think actually they're, I don't want to say I turned them because that it sounds pretty egoic, but two of the people that I was friends with on trail last year are now vegan awesome. because of the amount of time we spent together. Right. So well, that's cool. That's really cool. That's, uh, I always like when those moments click when you're in person with people and you're yeah. like, Oh yeah, this situation, you know, that's hurting something you care about, it's directly linked to what we're doing. So right. yeah, when you see it like that, sometimes it gives people a new perspective. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, my last technical question for you, and yeah, I am asking this not because I feel like it's always a huge thing that I'm super interested in, but you know, before, or at least for me, before I go on a trip or before I do something like that, everyone's like, are you going to be safe? Are you going to be okay? Mm. Did you mm. feel pretty safe a lot of the time? And I know that privilege goes into it a lot totally. as well, but from your perspective, how did you feel in terms of safety on the trail and when you came off of it? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, I mean, I am a, I am a, I can be perceived as a cis white male. Yeah. So I have a lot of privilege. Um, not to mention the fact that I am very physically fit and um, I'm really strong. So like people are not like looking to like mess with me. Right. I mean, the, the scenario, like, like my, the scenario would be different if I was like a, 110 pound female bodied person. Right. It would, be, it would just be a different story, but I never felt uh, unsafe ever the whole trail. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't, nah, not, not, yeah, definitely not. Right. Sometimes I feel like people like, like to ask that question to confirm their fears. Like I knew this would be a problem or I knew you'd run into that. But I'm just more curious, yeah, from your experience, um, how you felt. And it would be cool to talk to other people, like, in different bodies, living different experiences. Yeah. How that, they felt, too. That being said, I had a lot of friends on trail who were very tiny, female-bodied people. Yeah. Who just 
killed it on miles. Yeah. And there's, there's like, I, I, I don't want to say like, it's a, it's a guard, but like the more like, okay. So there's like this term amongst through hikers. It's called being hiker trash. Yeah. Um, cause you roll into town and like, you're grabbing food and you're like showering and like you can kind of get your clothes clean, but you can't really get them like totally clean unless you're like, unless you're just on it for every town, which I was, but a lot of people aren't like some people aren't. And so I feel like some of the female body people I saw just made themselves look extra dirty. Yeah. So that they wouldn't get messed with. But I did hear like stories of like, guys or male-bodied people being really being really creepy yeah regardless so it 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 is it is a factor um but the other cool thing that happens and this will go into the stories is like these trail families start to build Mm -hmm. and so like like my friends sheena and uh woodpecker and raspberry they hiked two thousand miles together last year oh so like they're they're like bonded yeah um and I think when you hike in a big group like that, like the potential for someone to mess with you is pretty, is very low. Yeah, that definitely seems like a situation where the safety in numbers are true. And it yeah. sounds like something, for example, like if I wanted to hike that by myself, it sounds like something where I would run into other people anyways that yeah. I didn't know before. And then maybe you'd be hiking with other people and you'd be safer than you ever imagined setting out by right. yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You would have, I mean, based on your personality alone, like you'd have friends within like the first day. <laughs> <laughs> you, your challenge would be like deciding who you actually wanted to hike with. Cause you'd have just a ton of options. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Uh, uh, that there would were, be a good problem yeah, to there, have. There, there were a few times where I was just like, okay, how am I going to get rid of this person? Because I really don't want to hike with them anymore. Well, that brings and up then, an interesting point. How do you get, get, you know, it doesn't even have to be get rid of, but how do you separate from, or if you just want to be by yourself, how did you handle that? So you either hike faster than the person. <laughs> Or you stay in town longer, and then they just disappear. Did you ever verbally just honestly be like, hey, I really just want to do this by myself, or? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. So you have a combination of options. Yes. Yeah, I, I, feel, like, I feel like the hike in the PCT gave me a really gave me some really good boundaries with people. Yeah. Because like the emotional, the emotional aspect of dealing with people in off trail is difficult in and of itself. But when you're on trail, it just gets amplified. Yeah. So it's like, if you feel like you're depleted from someone, from spending too much time with someone, then it gets like amplified. You're like really depleted. You're really depleted. Yeah. Especially if you're like making decisions together. Yeah. About like weather or um, or this or that. It can be it can be really challenging. It can be very challenging. So yeah, I think I think PC I can PCT helped me get 
perspectives on how to have really good boundaries with people, which is now like assisting in my life today. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That, yeah. That was a question. I made a mental note to myself to ask you at the end, like, you know, how is it coming back from that into life? But I'll keep a mental note and at the end we can kind of talk about that a little bit more. Um, sure. The next thing that I, I have a little written thing, just an outline of things I was thinking I wanted to talk to you about. I wrote stories, stories, stories with explanation points and then magic stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so what was every day kind of like when you would wake up in the morning? I know that there's different parts. Sometimes you're hiking Sometimes you're going, taking a day off. Sometimes you're off the trail in a town. What was the general kind of schedule that you had? So um, every day, I mean, I'm not a creature of like strict habit. Um, but like every day I would wake up, I would usually like, especially in the summer months, I would wake up really early. Um, because the sun would just be out and the weather was warm and beautiful. So like, you just want to be hiking. So I would, I would typically, I would get up. Um, and so I actually cold soaked for the entire trail. And for those who don't know what cold soaking is, I just carried a jar, um, that had a sealable lid. Um, you can usually use those Talenti gelato containers. They work really well. And Mm -hmm. they also make a, they also make a sorbet. So if you're vegan, you can use the sorbet. Um, and the great thing is like you buy the sorbet in town, you eat the ice cream and then you have a container for the rest of the trail Yeah. or for, for however long. Um, so I would eat my cold soaked oatmeal or granola. Um, I'd usually like do a little reading to kind of like get inspired for the day. And then I just start cleaning up camp, pack it all in my pack. And then I'd spend the first like four hours hiking with like little breaks in between for like water and like a couple snacks. But most of the time I'm just walking. And then around like 1130 or 12, I'd take lunch for anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. I try not to do an hour. Um, and then I would take a nap because my mm. nap, I loved my nap time. Because to me, it was it was okay to get to camp after dark. Yeah, um, I was fine with that. Um, so then I and then I I have my nap, and then I my body would be like, well, I process the food, so it'd just be energy at that point. I just like wake up, like, and then I'd just be ready to hike through the afternoon. In the afternoon, like, I'm just thinking about like Oregon right now because I'm in Oregon. Like, the afternoon. In Oregon in the summer was just so awesome because there's tons of lakes everywhere and the water's so beautiful. Mm. So I just like take off all my clothes and I jump in or I'd leave my clothes on because I need I didn't want to do laundry in the next town. So I just like rinse the clothes out. It's another great way of saving money. Yeah. Um and then I get to camp. And I'd have my dinner already soaking, so my dinner would be ready to go. Um, I'd set up my shelter, and I'd eat my food, and I'd go to bed. And then I'd repeat it the next day. Nice. Did it ever feel you're like, oh, I'm doing this again? Yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> I like the feeling of like I don't want to walk today. Yeah, gets really strong, but it's like <sighs> you know, I would like. Uh, I remember one like w- like I think it was like one of the last sections of trail through the Sierras, which are so beautiful. And I was so tired. I was so done. And my buddy Craig, I was talking to him on the phone, and he was like, well, you know what you could be doing? Uh, he calls me Boo Bear. Um, you know what you could be doing, Boo Bear, is you could be, like, sitting at a desk, crunching numbers into a computer from 9 until 5. And I was like, I'm going back to trail. <laughs> That puts it in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that when you read books about the PCT or watch movies or things or any trail or hiking for that matter, it can look super glamorous. Like, oh, they're up again and they're hiking and they're going through all these beautiful things. But I'm sure when you get there, it's like... Yeah, you're up again. There's really nice scenery, but I'm super tired. And guess what? I'm walking again for hours straight. Right. Right. And so you do have to find little ways to get inspired. But also, like, honestly, like, allowing yourself not to be inspired can actually be less less exhausting than being inspired all the time. Yeah. Like, just, like, just like embracing the suck, just being like, wow, this day sucks. I'm really tired. I just want to sleep for like three days. Right. Um, and just like moving through that and just being like, yeah, you know, this is just what I'm doing. And it's better than, or it's not necessarily better than, but it's what I really want to be doing. Yeah. Because um, when, I, when I finished my through hike at Walker Pass, my heart was like radiantly full. Yeah. And I felt so good that I had completed the entire Pacific Crest Trail in seven months. Yeah. So worth it. So, so worth it. And now looking back, it's like those days of suck, like now that I know what it's like to have a really sucky day, I'd rather have a sucky day on trail than like have an average day in in when I'm not on trail. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's not, uh, it's, it's not, it's sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, you saying that, I think that's, I don't mean to sound cheesy, but that's really like touching. That puts things in perspective on how you really felt about your time there. Right. It's, it's not quite to this extent, but it's, um, it's almost like my best day on trail is better than my worst day or my worst day on trail is better than my best day in town. Yeah. Or like, or just like, you know, working and saving money right. for the next, for the next adventure. Oof. When you look back at your time on the trail, do you feel like you don't remember some of the bad days or you cut those out of your memories as humans tend to do? Or are you like have this full perspective of like, yeah, there were some days that were not great and you remember those when you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm somebody that that does look, that does remember those bad days. 
um, so that I can learn from them. Um, and I think that it, it just comes with the territory of having a sober lifestyle where it's like I can't really ignore anything. Everything is always right. available. Right. For me to like look at, yeah, totally. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I have a few categories of like story topics, and it can just go wherever you want it to go, because I'm sure you had such an experience. The first one I'm always interested in is: Did you have any moments where you were like really scared, or your nervous system was like, "Whoa, what's happening"? Um, it could be like losing gear or you see a wild animal or I don't know I don't even know what could happen but exhilarating scary moments any of that um, yeah so one of my favorite people on the on the PCT last year was this guy named Potatoes and he and I are still in, in contact um, and we were doing a 30 we we were doing a 39 mile day, um, that we had planned for the previous night. Um, and I remember like we were walking and it was late. It was like, it was probably like eight o'clock at night and we're coming down into, into, uh, into the California, into LA aqueduct, Mm -hmm. infamously known as like this long dry stretch. Um, and, I was like, I was talking to potatoes about something and I heard this like loud noise and I just like, it scared me so bad. I like jumped in the air and I was like, what was that? (laughs) And it was, it was actually just a bunch of quails flying away. (laughs) Oh man. Um, but there was another time like in Washington that was with my buddies, uh, uh, Dink, Golden and Cy. Um, and, uh, and we made it into this valley and it was so beautiful, but, but we looked out ahead and I was like, those clouds look super gnarly. Um, and they were like, yeah, we should probably find cover. And as we were looking for cover, um, it just starts hailing like crazy and lightning just starts going, just like shooting across the sky. And, and we're always like, Oh my God. <laughs> so like we find this rock and we're hanging out underneath this rock. Um, because a rock is a, uh, is a, is a natural, uh, it, it won't conduct the electricity. Okay. Um, so we're hanging out underneath this rock. The water is pouring on us. We're soaking wet. Um, and, uh, we're just like looking out and it's just hailing like crazy and more lightning is coming. And we all just start laughing like crazy because we're all like, we could die right now. (laughs) But then like the major clouds like went away and it was like, it was still pretty like gray out. And then we found this area, this, uh, this area to set up our tents because we were all just exhausted from that experience. And then we were all just like laughing as we fall asleep, as we fall asleep, that was pretty. That was pretty scary. Um, yeah, there were other times where it was just like you know walking all day in the rain. That sucks. Yeah, and walking all day in the rain, just like you have to find like a like 
if you're alone and you're hiking all day in the rain, it really sucks. Because <laughs> um, you know, like, you have to, like, you have to take off all your clothes and then put them outside your shelter and kind of, like, get them dry. Um, and then, like, put on all your warm layers that you have and then just go to bed and then wake up the next day and just put on a bunch of wet shit. <gasps> so, you know, it's just going to, it's just going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's... But I remember this one time, like I linked up with potatoes again and uh, he and this other, this other guy, Bodhi and I, we were all hiking together um, and, uh, <laughs> it was, it was nice out at, when we all linked up and was like, oh, this is great. Oh, and, uh, and, and uh, Potato's partner, uh, Dea was, was right behind us and we were like, oh, this, you know, weather's pretty decent. And then like, before we knew it, like it just starts dumping with rain. So like, we're quickly like putting on our, all of our rain gear and like potatoes is putting a pack like a trash bag pack cover over his over his his massive backpack. Um, <laughs> and I was behind potatoes while we were walking, and I kept like I was playing like a bunch of '80s music through my phone. And potatoes backpack just looked like looked like a black refrigerator covered in a trash bag and it's just like bounding along and I just started laughing and he was like god damn it Goose like what is so funny I'm like your backpack looks like a refrigerator (laughs) and then like we get to the road and we're like standing there like three dirty stinky wet dudes just like trying to get a ride down this guy in this nice beautiful truck just pulls over he's like oh you must be pct because then he like gives us a ride into town oh um that was a that was a good that was a good day for sure we got that ride and then we were just laughing because we were all soaking wet <laughs> yeah yeah super awesome yeah super awesome i can and it's like when i when i think about moments like that it's like oh my god i cannot wait to get back out on a hike or a trail or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone can just hear your voice, and I'm sure they can hear the enthusiasm, but I can also see your face at the same time, and you're, like, yeah. beaming. Um, yeah. And you do some expressions when you tell this story, and you can just see how fond you are of those memories. Totally. Yeah, which is awesome to hear. And right now on video, it looks like I'm crying, but I had something in my eye. No one can no one can see that but you. <laughs> um, so do you have any other favorite stories that you want to share that really stand out to you? Or yeah, any just memories that are popping up for you that you like talking about? Oh, I mean there was like a I feel like it was like four days or so. Um, I was in Northern California in an area known as the Hat Creek Rim. And I was with a bunch of really good hiking buddies. So my buddy Meow Meow, Bodie, Pavlov, Blade, 
Cozy Cat and Chirp and Mudslide. We were all hiking together. Mm-hmm. And so the Hacker Rim is like this long, dry section where it's like it's like 30 miles in between water source. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to like camel up, which is like drinking before you leave the water source and then carrying as much water as you can. Um, and we all just like hiked it. And then that night we all camped together. And the whole day was just like, it was just magic. Like it was dry and it was hot. And there were like moments where it was like, we were hiking alone, but then we would like link up again. And then like we made it to these, uh, to these lava, these lava tube caves where you can like walk through these lava tubes um, under the ground. And then like we found camp that night next to this creek. Um, And there were like nine of us in one spot and we all just like had this beautiful night together. And I think that was the last time that all of us were together. Whoa. Yeah. It was just so beautiful. Um, I think that's what, that's the last time I saw a cozy cat. Um, it was this awesome South African hiker who unfortunately wasn't able to finish trail because his, his visa ran out. Um, mm. but yeah, it was awesome hiking with him. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then there was another time. So I had just got back on trail uh, south of Ashland, which is basically the end, basically the end of the Oregon section, and okay. it leads you into um, leads you into Northern California section. And I was hiking by myself, and I was like, I was thinking about my buddy Kermit, um, who I had hiked a little bit with in Southern California and a little bit with in Washington. And I was thinking about him and I like, I stopped to get some water and I was just like hanging out. I was talking to these two guys from the Ukraine and, uh, I hear this voice and I was like, is that? And I look up and he goes, goose. And it was Kermit. (laughs) And we ended up hiking 500 miles together, which is the most I hiked with anybody on trail. Uh, and it was just, I just hiking with him was so great. Like our perspectives are pretty different. Like he, you know, he like he loves having a traditional career. He likes having a job. He's a, he's a, he's a very big, you know, meat eater. Um, he likes smoking weed. Um, but like, he's such a good person. Like I love, I just loved hiking with him. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he would do all these like funny, cute things like all the time. And he would always carry, like, so much awesome food. He'd be like, yeah, I just need all this food for trail. So, like, he would always inspire me to do a resupply that was, like, really, like, delicious and nutrient-dense. Yeah. Um, he actually inspired me to get the, the the pot that I have now because I just I, – I, I really want to have hot food on trail now. Yeah. But I like having the option of cold soaking. And it was so great, like, hiking with him and – yeah, we hiked 500 miles together. Um, we probably would have finished trail together because um, we basically got off at the same points and flipped up to uh, flipped up to Canada to hike south. Um, 
but yeah, one thing led to another and I ended up taking too many zeros in town, which is like my way of like, I just like, I love days off as much as I love like hiking on trail. Yeah. Um, but then like, like a month after we were both done with trail, he was like, Goose, do you know how many miles we hiked together? And I was like, no. And he goes, 500. I was like, wow, that's so amazing. Wow. And like, I really love and care about him. Like yeah. He's, he's become, he's become a really good friend who I really care about. Um, so yeah, you really do build lifelong friendships on trail. That's, I would say that's like one of the main things I, I can take away from trail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually where I was going to go next was what were some of the main takeaways. And it seems like with other forms of travel too, at least for me, the people are always the biggest thing that I take away. Just the connections that you have with them and all the memories that you kind of savor that happened with them and just who they are, even if they're completely different from you. Right. Yeah, that seems like a magical place to meet people of all different sorts. It is. It is. And then what's interesting is like, you know, the more experiences you have, the more relatable you can be to more people. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, even though we didn't meet on trail, I went to a dinner party, like after trail. Um, and my friend Gene was like, oh yeah, my friend's son is going to come. And I think he's hiked the Appalachian trail or parts of it. Yeah. And then when I met him, um, he commented on my sweater, which is something that a lot of through hikers covet. And I was like, oh, so you know about these? He's like, yeah, man, I, I, I've hiked, I've hiked trail. And I was like, oh yeah, which ones? And he goes, I did all three. And I was like, dude, you did your triple crown. I'm like, he's like, yeah. And we ended up doing a hike last year together. That was super fun. And now we're really good friends and we're probably going to do some hiking this winter or the, this, this summer. So that'll be, that'll be great. So it's like another way of like relating to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so I, awesome. I appreciate Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like seeing you smile and hearing your stories. It, I'm the type of person, if someone, like, I can really get into the story that they're telling or really feel that they're excited about it, I'm like, I want to go do that. Um, yeah. And so I hope people listening are, you know, can feel the same thing out of this, even if yeah, they don't do sure. it. It's just really interesting to hear about all of the experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what advice, this sounds like such a cliche thing, but you know, if people wanted to do this hike or just live a lifestyle that it's a little bit more like yours, um, I don't want to say what exact advice would you give them, but what perspective would you offer them that might be different from something that they would find online or in a common hiking book? whether it was things to look out for, things to expect, things that might be really good that come out of it. What words of wisdom? Hmm. (laughs) I think something for me that has taught me a lot was 
when I decided I was going to walk across the U.S., that was a major, I knew it was going to be a major life shift Yeah. for me. And by the time I, by the time I got to Virginia, which was toward the end of my walk, um, I knew that I couldn't go back to any sort of like normal lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so I, and I had this conversation with a, with a buddy, with a new friend who is like, Oh, I just so want to live like you do. Um, and I think having, having a group of people you can do stuff with is really great and it's really supportive, but I think setting out on your own can be really, really is for me was really, really important because I can get swayed in so many different directions, but if I make a decision to do something yeah, and, and then see it all the way through that, that's going to give me the most um, confidence to continue for, to go, to continue year after year after year after year. Right. Um, yeah. So I feel like commit setting an intention and then committing to doing it is so huge. Yeah. Cause like the end of trail last year toward the end of trail, I think I had 150 miles left and I was so tired because I've been basically on trail for six months. And I was so tired and I knew that I needed to finish. And I was like looking for a reason to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I had actually like written on some, some pages, like, you know, how, how, I, how it will feel if I quit trail, um, which is something I would recommend people do. Yeah. And I read it and I was like, oh, damn, like I remember that feeling from last year because I didn't finish a lot of trails last year or the, the previous year. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Committing and seeing it through is super, is super huge. You know, unless like unless there's like some extenuating circumstance, like you break a leg or like there's bad weather or like the seasons, the seasons. Uh, have changed and you're not finished right Um, yeah but like seeing things through to the end is pretty big for me right yeah and people can set different like someone might start out with the intention not to finish it or to just you know I feel like setting a container can be really magical and helpful when you actually do that yes Woo, that is a lot of information, a lot of yeah. awesome uh, stories. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of that with me and with people who will listen to this at some future date. Um, for people who want to keep up with you and just see how you're doing or maybe connect with you. What is the best place for people to do that? Uh, I think the best place is to follow me on Instagram. And my handle is tender T E N D E R living L I V I N G. Okay. Yeah. That's the best way. And I will add that for people in the description so that they can do that. If they want to see what you are up to Did you want to mention any future plans that you have before we wrap it up or 
things you're yeah. excited about? Yeah. So something I'm I'm working on is uh, an idea for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you follow my Instagram page, I will be posting stuff about that uh, in the next month or two. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I haven't decided on what I'm going to be doing this year, but I'm going to be doing another long distance walk because that's what I really enjoy doing. Okay. Um, so if you want to stay up to date on that, just, yeah, follow my Instagram. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, thank you so much. That was all really exciting to hear about. And I'm just looking forward to publishing this and letting people in. I wrote on the thing like stories, stories, magic, magic. And I feel like that was <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. So letting people in on that is going to be fun. Totally. And, and thanks again for, for asking questions and being inquisitive. And yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, I'm going to... Do you want to do like a little bye, everyone? No. <laughs> no, you don't have to. <laughs> Make the world a better place by leaving things better than I found it. You know, whether it be people or the planet or, you know, all kinds of things. Isn't there a quote that says, feel fear and do it anyways? Yeah. 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 So I think for us in significance, we have to do it ourselves. A lot of people are doing things in their life that they're not completely happy with. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it just because, you know, it's a norm and they feel like they feel pressured by society. Definitely. Or they're just, you know, stuck in this rut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ruts can be comfortable for people. And they can be very comfortable. Comfort is not how you, how you grow as a person. <laughs> <laughs>